changes your perspective. When you give praise, giving praise takes the focus off of ourselves. And giving thanksgiving reveals our hearts. I find it interesting how so many are unable to really give thanks. It's just like it's not in their DNA. Let, let me say this, and, and I'll, I'll say this a, a number of times, but to enter with thanksgiving, when we enter into thanksgiving, I want you to notice that it all comes down to how we enter. And when you add to that, not only is it about how we enter, but it's also about what we enter with. We carry with us <laughs> our mindsets, our, our attitudes, our heartaches, our sorrows. But I'll say it again, it's all about how we enter. That's why I love this psalm, and this psalm is so huge. You know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful psalm of thanksgiving. It's Psalm 100, and it goes, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, I'm just going to make the statement here this morning and, uh, you know, I'm not sure where you might fall on things, but the, to me, the bottom line is, is that I believe that despite all the chaos and all the division, all the pandemic and financial problems of this nation, that we are still a nation that has truly been blessed by God. We have what no other nation has. We have been given what no other nation has. And we are a people who have been blessed by God. And I, I wonder, I mean, it's, it's, I have to smile, it's that time of year where you have your kids or your grandkids make up their Christmas lists, right? You know, back in the day, I, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have paper and pencil. When I was a kid, you had to carve your stuff in a stone. But uh, they, they don't write out lists today, do they? You know, they don't write little lists and send it in an envelope to somewhere up in the North Pole. No, no, they, they, they go to Amazon and make up their wish list for everybody to see. They make up their lists. And it won't be long before every one of us is making up our New Year's resolution list as well. Oh, we make them up. I didn't say we did them. I just said we make them up. But the list that we usually overlook this time of year, it's called a Thanksgiving list. 
of all that we have to be thankful for, for all that we have. You know, we can get focused on what we don't have, that we don't see what God has truly blessed us in and what we do have. I, I ran a couple, across a couple statements as far as thankfulness that would sound otherwise at the beginning. It goes something like this. I am thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing and windows that need washing and gutters that need cleaning because it means I have a home. I'm thankful for my huge heating bill because it means I'm warm. I'm thankful for the piles of laundry because it means I have loved ones nearby. See, I am convinced that you and I have much more to be thankful for than just our material possessions. A list that contains, in my book, family and friends. And, 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 and how about our salvation? I'm thankful for his mercy that he has shown me and his grace. Trust me. We have so much, really, to be thankful for. And the reality of that is, please, don't let anybody steal that from you. Isn't it amazing how grumpy people can still can be a joy killer and nothing flat? Let's let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Uh, I mean, let's face it, because when I say that we have so much to be thankful for, there's a lot of people, though, that do think that they don't have much. They, you know, I say to them, you don't have much. Well, think what it would have been like had you been on the ship from the Mayflower when they first got here. And they came in, you know, those years ago uh, where our Thanksgiving really has its roots. Let, let, let me say this from the, from the on-start of this, and, and that is don't base your thankfulness on comparison. So many people look at what other people have and they they're just, you know, the thank, they, all they see is their lack and not their fullness. Don't base your thankfulness on comparison. There is only one way you are going to see yourself as, I don't have much. And that is by comparing yourself to what other people have. You keep, you'll keep feeling the, the way you feel about yourself, and, and that is because you keep looking at everybody else. And I'll tell you what, before you know it, you'll be singing that old song that we haven't sung here in such a long, nobody knows the trouble I see. Go ahead, look at your neighbor and tell him that. No, don't do that. We can get, we get into that mentality by something called comparison. I mean, let's, let's go back to that. How, how would you like to have been a part of those who came to this land on the Mayflower? And when you came, you not only dealt with sickness, you had nothing. They had no money. They had no stores. They had no place. 
They had no homes. They had no crops. They had no fields. They had nothing. There was no iPhones. There was no iPads. There were no eyes at all. Just Android. <laughs> Just kidding. But I got to get past this this morning. But what they had were four of the greatest human assets I believe you can have. And, and I put them down here for you. They are initiative. Oh, that's a big one. Well, I'll tell you what. If we could find initiative today, more than we have. We, we have entitlement today, but not initiative. Courage. Dare I even start to go into that? Friend, a willingness to work. Oh, Lord, there's a good one right there. I could be in serious trouble with that one. I mean, you, you go around, it, it's pretty bad when Starbucks has to close its windows because they don't have the help. When I get done at Walmart wanting to slip by Subway and the cages are down because they don't have the help. God forbid that A&W would ever have to close. Uh, <laughs> but when I take a look at those four things, initiative, courage, willingness to work, and then a boundless faith in God, a boundless faith. A boundless means there's no boundaries. There's no limit to my faith in God. You, you know, do, do we really see that today? That's the thing. But that's where we begin. When those first pilgrims stepped out of the Mayflower upon that rock, they carried with them these traits, including a boundless faith in God, that he would make a way when there wasn't seemingly a way. And I know those four Principles can actually sound strange to, to us today, especially in our culture today. But let me, let me tell you, when you have what we have in this country, when you have what we have that is also coming against our society, and please understand me, if you think it's the left against the right or conservative against liberal, if you think it's Democrat against Republican, what you're doing is just looking at the surface of things. You're seeing results and outcomes of something. There is that which is at work to try to kill, steal, and destroy what God has blessed. And just let me say that if, you're, if you keep looking at people, you will miss what really is going on. I'll let you chew on that for a second. But I'll just say it. There are forces that are at work in this nation, our nation, that are trying to strip of every reminder, strip us from that, that we have every foundation that we have and the conviction that we are indeed one nation under God. Our Declaration of Independence contains these words. They're not written on the screen. They're not in your, in your notes. It just simply says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, 
And it ends with these words, with a firm reliance on protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. It's huge. And, and I'm just declaring today, you know, it's, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, so I'm sharing a topical message. But the truth is, Thanksgiving Day is a distinctive holiday. There's, there's no other expectation to it except to eat. Yes. <laughs> but it, it doesn't have a battle. It, it doesn't have, it's not anybody's birthday. It's not an anniversary of anything. It's simply a day set aside to express our nation's thanks to our nation's God. Uh, we were at my grandson's birthday party yesterday. He actually turns 10 today. But it reminded me of, of when we were, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking about this. We were there on his fifth birthday. And he had gotten this outfit as a present, I think from one of his uncles or something. It was a Darth Vader outfit. Okay? And he's putting it on. And you just got to remember Noah when he was, you know, five years younger and, he, and, and the way he would say things. And th so he's putting it on in the other room, and I'm looking at him from the other side, and he's looking up at me, and he says, as he's putting it on, he says, Papa, do you know who you look like? And I'm waiting for it, you know. I'm figuring... Santa Claus, you know, which is all what you guys are thinking about. And, and, and I just, you know, that's, so I said, uh, yeah. I said, no. <laughs> Who do I look like? Now, let me just say up front, never ask a, that question unless you really want the answers. He said, Papa, you look like. George Washington. <laughs> I didn't know whether to smile or chop him down like a cherry tree. What really bothered me is that at five years of old, he actually knew who George Washington was. But in truth, it was George Washington who first made this public proclamation. He did it in 1789. And let me share a little part of it with you. I mean... To look at it in, in my book, recognize that God is who he is. He is our foundation and our nation's dependence upon him. He wrote this. He said, by the president of the United States, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress, did you hear that? Both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many single favors of God. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these United States, to these states, to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author 
of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. I miss presidents calling our nation to this, our nation to prayer. I, I, I miss that aspect of things, and that's, that, that's, but when I look at this, I realize that he is acknowledging that we are here because of who he is and because of what he has done for us. We are here because we are one nation under God. This week our nation will pause again to observe Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. And you would assume that, you know, because of the examples that have gone before us and because we have so much that we would be an extremely grateful people, right? Well, no. Unfortunately, it's become more the opposite. The truth is, the more we get, the less thankful we become, the less mindful then we are of God, and the more we want. We have more today than any other generation before us. And unfortunately, I believe that uh, we are less mindful of God than of any other generation before us. And we want more than any other generation before us. I would say a, a good part of our congregation this morning, I'm going to get in trouble with this one, but you remember when they had prayer in school? When scripture was read in school? And when they took that out of the school, it continued to decline. See, the 100th Psalm was written to remind us to maintain an attitude of gratitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, if you're not sitting by somebody, just say it loud enough so that anybody can hear you. I mean, seriously, do you realize that when they went to church, they would spend hours in church? I was just trying that one out. I can see it didn't work too well. but <laughs> The 100th Psalm was written to his people. And he said that when you come into the promised land and you settle down and you have plenty to eat, here's what he's saying. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. I've led you out of the wilderness. I've brought you out. I've brought you out to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Don't forget me. But you know as well as I, they did. Didn't take long to realize that Israel needed a reminder. And friend, we need one too. The trouble is our blessings can become our worst enemies. For we get so caught up in, so focused on the blessing that we forget the blesser himself. It doesn't take long before we begin to think as a result that we've accomplished all this, you know? We've done it. 
Look at what I've been able to do. Which is the biggest lie of the enemy and what he'll put you in that mentality of to believe in yourself more than you believe in him. We believe in what we achieve and we forget who he is. Again, notice that this, who this psalm addresses. The very first verse says it's addressed to all the earth. And the last verse says that includes all generations, which, by the way, includes this generation. Well, what is sad is, is that we, along with Canada and Philippines, that, that we're the only ones that actually have a day of thanksgiving. I wonder what this world would be like if every country had a Thanksgiving day. I'm here to tell you there'd be a whole lot less turkeys, amen? I'm saying that, but have you ever noticed how hard it is for so many to be thankful, to express appreciation? Realize what that, what that begins to do. When somebody begins to express appreciation, when somebody expresses thankfulness, it begins to create something rather than destroy it. How much praise do you hear going on in the world today? How much, how much uh, appreciation do you hear in the world today. Friend, what we can do and what we've done is we've become more negative than positive. And that includes the church. I mean, we, we look for the problems focusing on the negatives and then the negatives tear down. Can you imagine what it would be like for people to be going around uh, giving thanks? It, it would create, it would lift up, it would honor. What we do is we look at what we have and allow that to determine whether we are or aren't thankful. And, and friends, <laughs> things change, hello? Things disappear. I mean... Go back 30 years in history. And for some of you, you know, that's not that long ago because you're only what? 31. 29. Well, then you don't have to worry about going back anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, if I was to walk in your house... I wonder how much stuff I would find that has accumulated over the years. All this stuff. And those famous last words, right? I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> but those things we had to have. So important. It just meant the world, you know, it, it brought us satisfaction and value. I've got this. 
But the truth of the matter is, if we allow our thankfulness to be determined by what we have or don't have, we're in trouble. Because those things disappear. Those things change. <laughs> I remember as a teenager, man, I got that Christmas gift that I've been looking for. I was so proud. I walked all around the neighborhood with it so people could see it. It was this little square transistor radio. <laughs> Turned to an AM station. Dude, yes. I wish I would have never said that, but this is what the 100th Psalm is saying. I mean, you'll find the word Lord, for example, in verse 1, in verse 2, in verse 3. And in verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And in verse 5, you have the word Lord. The basis of our thanksgiving is the Lord. And if you remember, uh, I love that. I mean, I've shared with you. Do you how many in here remember a book called Roots, written by Alex Haley? few of you do. Okay, good. I love this story about him. He had an unusual picture hanging in his office. You can go ahead and put that next one up, if you can see this. He had a, this, this picture that was hanging in his office. It was a picture of a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. Now, he was asked the question, obviously, why is that there? I mean, why would you have this picture hanging in your office of all places? And he replied to them, he said, every time I write something significant, Every time I read my words and I think they're wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I just look at the turtle on top of the fence post and remember that he didn't get there on his own. He had help. That, my friend, is the message of thankfulness. To remember that we got here with the help of God. That he is the provider of every blessing. Let me show you a couple things in Psalms 100 very quickly. And, and really what they are is their commands. The first one says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. I love that word shout because the word shout means to proclaim with the force of a trumpet blast. Some of you like to complain about how loud I play my trumpet. You ain't heard nothing yet. It is a shout to the Lord that comes, in other words, from the depths of our being. It's more than a thought. It's more than a feeling. It is something that comes from deep within and begins to work its way up and out in a huge shout. What God did for you, what God showed you, what God brought you through or provided for you, and you realize it was from God and from down deep, all of a sudden it begins to rise up and all you want to do is say, thank you, Jesus. Hmm, <laughs> I'm thinking of something right now. But let, let me share with you this story. There's a medical missionary that for a lot of years was in India. And he served in a region where there was this progressive blindness. And people were born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they grew old. 
this, this particular missionary had developed a treatment which would stop progressive blindness. So people came to him, and he, as a result, performed his treatment, and they would, they would leave realizing that they would have become completely blind, but because of him, their sight had been saved. This missionary said, you know what? They never said thank you, because that phrase was not in their dialect. Instead, what they did is they spoke a word that meant, I will tell your name. I will tell your And wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. That they had received something, something so wonderful that what they would end up doing is proclaiming it eagerly to everybody that they would meet. And I, I share that because that's exactly what the psalmist is saying. Suddenly you realize that God has been so good to you that you can't keep it inside anymore. From the depths of your being, you begin to express joy. You begin to shout the name of the Lord. I know maybe things have gone wrong for you. Maybe there's been some problems. Maybe it's been some rough patches. That doesn't dismiss that he's the same today as he was yesterday and will be forevermore. Focus, focus, focus on who he is and his faithfulness. Friend, what makes you think that so? because the circumstances have changed for you that God has changed? He hasn't. There is no shadow of turning in him. He is still who he says he is. And we just become more negative because we focus on what? The next command is to serve the Lord with gladness. And the word served there means to work, enslaved, to worship. Now notice it doesn't say serve the church. Serve the organization. It says serve the Lord. What it is saying is whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, I want to thank all of you guys that brought in food for the baskets or bags that we took. And we took some hefty bags. We were able to give each and every recipient a $30 gift certificate to Mark's, I almost said restaurant, Mark's grocery store. I mean, we were able to bless these people because of the goodness of your heart and because that's, I'll tell you, friend, understand something, that's called serving the Lord. And out of that, there's an impaction that takes place on people's lives. It isn't serving ourselves. It's serving him in whatever we do. In the process of serving him, yeah, we get blessed, do we not? The next command is, come before him with joyful songs. I love what Psalm 98 says there. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let me, let me see by raising of hands this morning, how many here can make a joyful noise? All the men just raised their hand. You, you, can, you can make a joyful noise. Oh, yes, you can. Ladies, when you're yelling at your husbands, just tell them it's a joyful noise unto the Lord. <laughs> oh, you should not have gone there. 
Shout with joy. Serve with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Look at the next one. It says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God has taken every bone, every joint, brought them together with every sinew and muscle, covered it with skin and gave us eyes that can see, brains that can think, and ears that can hear. God has made us, in other words, inside and out, made us who we are. Oh, yes, he has. Now, I don't totally understand why he made me so good-looking, tall and skinny. But I can tell you someplace along the line, he had you in mind. He had us in mind. And he is still making us. He's not satisfied with the unsatisfied product. He's not satisfied with who we are. There's no arrival point. We are at where we are with still more to go. So he's still making, he's still working on and in our lives. Oh, yes, he is. There's an old, old song, I think, from the Gaithers. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Remember that one? Good, because I didn't want to be the old one of the house. Let me, let me give you this scripture here. Paul wrote in Philippians. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to the day or to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We need to be giving him thanks for who we are. To realize that when we give him thanks for who we are, that affects as well how we see ourselves. When was the last time you thanked God for who you were? Because there's so many that walk around with this low self-esteem, being pounded left and right because of the past and because of issues that have taken place in their lives, mistakes, failures, whatever you want to call it. And as a result, they don't see themselves very favorable. But I want to tell you something. When we give him thanks for who we are, to realize that when we give him thanks, that affects how we see ourselves. And I'm going to tell you straight out, because it's not about how we see ourselves, it's about how he sees us. He's saying, you were created in my image. He wants us to see ourselves different than how we see ourselves. And that begins with giving him thanks with who we are, even in our shortcomings. I'll say it again, it's about him, not us. And then he says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He's saying, you be the sheep, I'll be the shepherd. There's a lot of people that try being the shepherd sheep and the result will be as a result of being that sheep that I and him being the shepherd that he will lead you to 
still waters and the green pastures. He'll lead you into righteousness for his name's sake. Let's go to the next one. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Can somebody say amen? The Old Testament, the temple, symbolized his presence. So when the people came to the temple, they knew that they had entered into the presence of God. The temple today no longer exists. Paul tells us, do you not know, we said it earlier, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize what that's saying? You are the temple of his presence. His presence is indwelling. Indwelling. Say that with me. Indwelling. He lives within you, joined to you. You're one. It is that his presence lives within you. He is with you. Yeah? And he's in you. Wherever you are. Whatever you're going through. Whatever you're stepping in or stepping out of. Whether it be the good times or the worst times of your life. He is with you. He is in you. He is feeling and walking through what you are. Friend, that is the source of our thanksgiving. To be a people of thanksgiving, of praise, of worship, that's who we're called to be. Not of negativity or looking at what we don't have or fed up with this, fed up with that. It's a time to remember and to be thankful. But we have instead come to a place of forgetfulness strayed, looking at what we've achieved and have forgotten that we are a turtle on top of a fence post. We didn't get here by ourselves. That's why I love this, this last psalm that's found in 103. It says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Thank you. Let me just say, I do pray that this Thanksgiving will be one of the most meaningful days that you have ever had. I hope maybe that you sit down and you read the 100th Psalm again to remind yourself and to declare, give thanks for the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Can you say amen to that? You know, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different. I don't usually do stuff like this, but I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer with me. Would you? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray it with me. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the Giving thanks this morning. Would you stand with me this morning? You mean pastor's done already? You got something to be thankful for. But you know what it means when I ask you to stand, don't you? 20 minutes more, that's what it means. I want to challenge you, believer. The enemy would have you trapped in the negativity, taking a look at everything under the sun from what you don't have to the ones who have prevented you from having it, to the issues that are around us, to political views, to right to left, left to right. It doesn't matter. What we're doing is focusing on people, focusing on stuff. That's surface, that's outcome. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Friend, there is something else taking place, but we get caught up in something that should not have us caught up in. I don't mean to say that, you know, well, you know, I can't ignore it. No, I'm not asking you to ignore it. But just don't stand there looking at the mountain Look at the reason the mountain got there. Look at who's behind it. And then you're going to know how you should pray. Give thanks. Give praise. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you every day. Give praise. Give thanks. I'm not asking you to lie. Somebody puts something in front of you to eat and it tastes rotten. Don't tell them it tastes good. Just tell them it tastes different. <laughs> but give thanks. Now I'm wondering, you know, you might be here this morning and you might be in that place where you really don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's an invitation that's coming to you this day. An invitation to come sit at the table. To partake of his grace. And to drink of his forgiveness. To have his spirit become one spirit with you. Where he comes into your heart, into your life. And becomes one. Where there becomes a relationship things are different because it's what he's done not what you can do so Lord I thank you for your word this day I thank you for your promise and for your truth thank you for speaking into our hearts and challenging us with your word guiding us in those directions this day I pray 
if there be one here that they in their heart would say, Christ, I need you. I can't live this life without you. Come into my life. Come into my life. Reside within me, around me, through me. This day, Jesus, I ask. Jesus' name, forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. Save me by your grace. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for them right now that you would just demonstrate to them. They know something's changed. They know something's happening. Make it real around them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do me another favor. Well, five favors. No, just two. Number one, if you prayed that prayer with us, just pray that prayer in your heart. You need to tell somebody. In just a little bit, we'll be opening up altars for you to. Come tell somebody. That's me because we want to, let me tell you something. When we share that, something happens. And not only that, but we want to help you know what that's all about. Share with you some material that you can consume and be thankful for. The second thing is, if you're by a family member and you feel comfortable taking a hand of that family, would you do that? If you're not by a family member, take your own hand. If you feel comfortable taking somebody else's hand, that, that's fine. But I want you to, you know. People, we are a family. We are a family. We're the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's more to this than meets the eye. There's more to this than, than a filled pew on a Sunday morning. There's more taking place than we, with the human eye, can see. And there's something at work that only God can bring about and that the enemy will try to divert, blind, shut down. But I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for your family. I want to believe God with you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, cover them. Surround them. As a family, we give thanks to you for great things you have done. You have kept us. You have guided us. You have brought us together. You have caused our steps. You have taken us through valleys. You have become light in total darkness. Yeah, we go through a valley called the shadow of death, but we don't fear because you're with us. And we know that in that with us, no matter what happens, we're coming out 
we're going to get thrown into a fire, but it doesn't matter whether we perish or we come out. You don't fail us. You don't forsake us. You don't leave us. We serve you and are thankful for you. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. And so, Lord, I pray for these families. I pray for households. I pray for even individuals here this morning that the presence of God well up within them as their eyes of understanding are open and there rises up a shout that cries out, thank you, Jesus. And, and, and Lord, not getting stuck in sorrow and, and, and situations, but set free by the grace of God and realizing a heart of thankfulness that literally changes the perspective. The atmosphere confuses the enemy and shuts him down. Holy Spirit, bless these families. Bless these homes. Bless these lives. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance upon them. Be gracious to them. Give them peace. And let your name be all over them. Bless them in their coming ins and their going outs. Favor them. Prosper them. Protect them. Keep them safe. And impart your help to them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give him praise one more time? Hallelujah. The worship team is going to minister in song, and as they do, I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer we want a, of salvation, we want, to, we want to pray with you as well. If you're here this morning and God's still working on your heart and life and you want to find a place of prayer around these elders, maybe he's dealing with you through negativity. Maybe he's just dealing with you in certain areas of your life. This morning, God's wanting to finish something that he's begun. So as they sing this song, this will be our benediction. We pray that you'll have an incredible Thanksgiving. But as we come together this morning, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. May God bless you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is,
free 